Welcome back to Poolside Podcast. This is episode number 54 and I'm your host, Rachel Anthony. Today I am sharing with you a different type of discussion. It is more of a roundtable interview with the women, some of the women from Choice Words, which is a project that these creatives started for a client for International Women's Day, that, but now has turned into a bigger movement and a push towards a cultural shift in the type of language that we use around women. So Choice, War- Choice Words reframes harmful traditional sayings and cliche statements by cutting out negative language. We've all heard those sayings either said to us or even we've said them that you're smart for a girl or you're being bossy even when you're just trying to be a good leader. There are tons of different phrases that I'm sure everyone is now going through their head and throughout the interview we talk about the different ones that really uh, hit home for the women that started this group. All the profits that are raised from the sales of their merchandise are donated to UM Women, UN Women and they talk about why they chose UN Women as opposed to more specific charities. These women are truly inspiring in the way they've come together to change the landscape for women in terms of confidence, language, and opportunities. I'm excited to share this interview with you, and I highly recommend checking out their merchandise to support what they're doing and to support the language that we use around and about women. So let's jump into this interview with the women of Choice Words. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm sitting here. We're going to do roundtable style with the ladies from Choice Words. So thank you for joining me. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Do we want to start, maybe just go around and introduce yourselves and who you are, what you do, and kind of the role you play in this company? I am Catherine Nixon. I'm a senior strategist at Critical Mass, and I have been on this project since the start, Mm -hmm. and so I feel really lucky to have been involved um, all along, um, and I feel that over time, other people have kept joining and helping, and I've been less helpful, but it's been really nice to to be there from start to finish and there for the big ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, my name's Monica Somerville. I'm a copywriter at Critical Mass. Um, I've also been here on the project kind of since we started brainstorming it, and it's some of the most fun writing I get to do at work, so very excited that we actually made it happen. I'm wearing a t-shirt right now. It's super fun. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, my name is Dasha Pushkar, and I'm a designer at Critical Mass. And I kind of joined in kind of at the later phase, but it's been really fun, and it's nice to just like get people involved. And I loved it, and still loving it. <laughs> and I'm Jillian Zadka, and I'm an associate strategist at Critical Mass. And I've been involved with the Choice Words project a little bit later than the, some of these ladies here, but I'm super glad that they brought me in to help out. It was a super fun project, and to Monica's point, it was some of the, the more fun work that we got to do, and at times I would put push aside my client work to keep working on this just because it was so much fun to bring it to life. Cool. So do we want to explain what Choice Words is and how it started and how it became to what it is today? Totally. So we often do pro bono work at Critical Mass, but in the past, we we often go towards awareness type campaigns. Like we're an ad agency here. So when we're trying to help a nonprofit, we often think, what is like a cool stunt or video or just something that we can do to raise awareness of the cause and, and the group? And we found in the past that 
especially when it's like a smaller local uh, charity, that when you're trying to do an awareness campaign, it can be harder to connect the dots to actual fundraising and donations. And so we said this year for International Women's Day, we really want to, there's a ton of awareness of feminism issues, and we just wanted to make sure that our initiative wasn't just about awareness, it was also about fundraising. And so that's why we wanted to make swag. But then it was like, okay, feminist swag. There's a lot of <laughs> a lot of different directions that could yeah, go, like yeah. how that could come to life. And we wanted to, we started thinking about like what's relevant to us as women working in an office. And we really thought about like the, one of the largest, most troubling things that we experience on a daily basis is just the microaggressions. So it's not this overt sexism, mm-hmm. but it's when people say, oh, that's really clever for a girl. Or, oh, she's just really emotional, you know, just doing that because mm-hmm. she's a girl. And, and it's, but it's like the smaller things that kind of weigh on you. And so that's what we wanted to address with choice words. Totally. Cool. Nothing to add to that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's awesome. And it is like you kind of like niche down a little bit because like feminism or it's even huge. just like t-shirts. Yeah, you're yeah. just like in this whole world of options. So mm-hmm. I think that's awesome. So did you guys specifically come with the idea or was it, yeah, that was like. (laughs) Yeah, it was, there was a group of us and we thought of, we really, we thought of about all the different directions we could take it. Mm -hmm. And then we just felt that we had the most authority or credibility to speak about microaggression since we'd actually all experienced them as I think most women have. And so we started by just like writing down a list of all of the encounters or things people had ever said to us. We had like 40 examples, I think, in the first iteration of that list. And then it took us a long time to narrow down, I think, to five that we ended up going with. That were sort of like short, punchy, that we could... And relatable to the most of us. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to share what those were? Since it's a podcast <laughs> and not like this. Yeah. <laughs> um, so one of the first one is uh, bossy. So bossy is a word that mostly gets said about uh, young girls and women, but we turned bossy into boss. Um, by removing a Y, so you can see on my t-shirt, or you can't because you're in Radio Land, but <laughs> imagine you can. Um, there's strong for a girl, there's smart for a girl, and there's, oh, you're pretty and smart. So we changed that to pretty smart. So, th- yeah, like the visual, what we did visually is we would say have strong for a girl, but then cross out for a girl. Yeah. Or so the whole, the way it came to life visually is through the crossing out visual mechanism mm-hmm. so that we turn a negative phrase into something that's actually positive and you can wear and feel empowered by wearing it. Mm-hmm. You're not strong for a girl, you're just strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's awesome. And if people, men and women, because I feel like we do to ourselves too, is mm-hmm. that you say those words and you don't think about it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So this is a good, like, just reminder for yeah. people to mm-hmm. use proper language. Um, and do you want to talk about kind of the impact you're hoping to have with this movement, um, with the t-shirts, and then continuing on. Totally. Sure. Uh, so in terms of impact yeah. is, it's kind of, it's two-pronged, like you just mentioned, that we want to raise awareness of these microaggressions, because I think that sometimes people, like you say, even women say them without thinking, and mm-hmm. actually, Monica, build on that. Oh, yeah, I think sure you're is. like the mastermind of <laughs> saying this beautifully. That's only because, <laughs> As a copywriter. Only, <laughs> only because I get the word writer in my title, which means that I automatically like sound like I'm going to be more eloquent than I am. Anyway, um, yeah, well, we talked about how how we hear these things all the time. And then when we started explaining this concept, I think, to other people in the office and other people in our lives, um, it was, at least for me, surprising to realize how many people don't really think about what they say and don't think about the impact that their words have on the people around them. So even in my family, like there's 
people just a little older than me who say smart for a girl or, or something that to me is just absolutely unacceptable to say that now. Um, but it happens all the time. And in this office, it happens every day. <laughs> Not yes. that specific phrase. And I shouldn't say nasty things in this office because this office is awesome. But I think in pretty much any office, it happens all the time. So the impact that we want to have on a on a in an overarching way is to just draw attention to those things as no longer acceptable phrases, even if there's something you grew up with or you, you thought of as harmless or you said, oh, I didn't mean it that way. Well, it, that is the way that it sounds, though, and that's the way that it's heard by the people around you. And then, yeah, so we wanted to raise awareness of this issue. And then secondarily, of course, raise money for UN Women. All of our pro proceeds go mm -hmm. there. So that was actually what drove it originally um, was simply raising awareness for a charity that we believed in. And then it grew as our concept developed to really be also an awareness campaign about the language you use. And something that both men and women can wear and, and relate to, not just not just the four of us in this room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. in terms of the who we wanted to impact, we definitely didn't want it to be something that was only relevant to women. We wanted men to be able to support the cause too. So that's something that we were careful about in terms of the design style and the phrases that we chose too, mm -hmm. is to make sure that there was some, at least, that a man could wear and still to support his his women in his life and all the women in the world, mm -hmm. um, but feel like he could still wear it and it didn't look weird. Right. Mm -hmm. And did you have a good reaction with like the men that you encountered with it or that you approached mm -hmm. with I the whole thing? Almost universally. So. Yeah. 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 A lot of the men in this office were really supportive of it and either verbally or ended up going and buying some clothing items for their children or wives or something like that. Yeah. Totally. And kids. A lot yeah, of, a lot of kids. Yeah, yeah those awesome. have been some of our best-selling mm -hmm. products. Yeah. Right. No, that's that's awesome. Um, and do you want to talk a little bit about UN Women and, like, what that is and, like, explain where this money's going to and who that's helping? I do. And I have a few notes just to make sure that <laughs> no, I don't awesome. miss But we chose um, UN Women on, on purpose um, uh, and mostly because it's it has the c capacity to do really sort of global change. But we're also a global agency, as Kat pointed out this morning. So it's it's nice for us to to impact women in not just the cities that we have offices in, but worldwide in a variety of different ways. So UN Women does work worldwide to support equality, and that includes um, eliminating violence against women and girls, uh, making sure we have an economic impact, making sure we have a, a voice in all sorts of spheres that we traditionally haven't had a voice in. Um, and I'm not even doing them justice because um, <laughs> well, they're basically the best that we, I, th I think, feel like our movement could mm -hmm. support. Mm -hmm. Am I missing anything? No? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's know. hard to summarize it yeah. because I think that they're, they're such a large organization with such a broad mandate. Mm -hmm. And that's what drew us to them given our campaign is very specific, but there's just so many avenues of feminism. It feels hard mm -hmm. to pick just one charity. Um, and, and they kind of cover it all. And they do mm -hmm. it worldwide, like Monica said. Mm -hmm. Given we have offices all over the world, we wanted to make sure that our Hong, people in our Hong Kong office could support the initiative, initiative as yeah. well and still feel like the money was going towards something that could be relevant. Yeah. Not like Calgary them. charities aren't super cool too, but yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. <laughs> if, uh, if we want Hong Kong to buy And them, I don't know yeah. if we've already mentioned this, but we are donating all of the profits to you and women mm -hmm. from the sales that we have for, for, from the swag. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and what have been the biggest challenges that you faced? I know they could just officially launched Mm -hmm. International Women's Day, but yeah. what have been since you started the project kind of until today? Oh, man. I think time, um, because we all have full-time jobs. <laughs> so this was kind of on top of that. Uh, so finding time, which you do when you have a passion project, uh, I think a little easier than you do for other things. Um, 
but uh, time and then I think for me, making sure everybody's voice was heard in the project. So there's a lot of us in this group um, and we all have strong opinions about it because it's a, it's a big deal. Um, and making sure that we were being inclusive, that we were reaching everybody's um, sort of soul <laughs> in this project <clears throat> and not leaving anybody out. Yeah, because there's, there's four of us in the room right now, but there is probably 10 or 15 people who yeah. have been really a big part of this project. So making sure that everyone felt proud of it, given it is a passion project. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was another part of the challenge is that we were all so, so passionate about it that, you know, picking the lines and the designs, like there's just so many revisions mm -hmm. because we we're all really wanted it to be perfect. And so I think mm -hmm. it's easy when you're not passionate about something just to go with your first revision. Right. But when you're really excited about it, it definitely takes more time. We did a lot of rounds of feedback. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it took a lot longer than we anticipated for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Going through all those rounds of feedback. Totally. And did you have like a process for that? Because I can only imagine like that many people's mm -hmm. opinions to try to pick something. Was there like an official process or what was like the best way you found to make decisions with that big of a group? Great question. <laughs> I think that we're still working on that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I think we had like a, like a little bit of leadership. Um, there's like a, a couple tiers within the group, I guess, just based on what we do during the day. But it was really a pretty democratic process. It like was. We, we all got to, mm -hmm. to vote basically in what we thought was most powerful and why. Yeah, everyone had a say. And then at times, like other people would step up to take a more leadership role to keep things moving along and right. getting approvals happening and such. Yeah, at a certain point, we had to enter executive decision-making phase yeah. because it yeah. was just taking so long. But there was a very long democratic phase. So I think it, everyone was heard. But another thing that we did actually is we did a survey around the office. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to make sure that mm -hmm. we weren't just in our own bubble. And so we sent out a survey to everyone within our Calgary office here, which is like two or 300 people, and got a pretty strong response rate mm -hmm. in terms of what phrases people liked, what designs people liked, overall if it resonated with them, and we're able to take that into our process too. Right, which is a good yeah. like resource to have because those are these are the target market basically. Totally, yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it targets everybody, but like social media mm -hmm. and like totally. wearing graphic t-shirts and all that, you know. So that's yeah. that's awesome and. Uh, for the like female empowerment side of it, what advice would you give to women if they're listening or even men, I guess, can take this that have um, low self-confidence or have been told all of these words and have taken it more personally? Mm -hmm. Do you have any advice or tips? Well, what I would say is, and you can't always do this, but I find the best way is just to surround yourself with people who do build you up and not be afraid. Like, if someone is making microaggressions against you, whether it's sexist or otherwise, and, and making you feel bad, sometimes you just got to not hang out with them anymore. And I think that's <laughs> easier said than done because sometimes it's your boss or your family member. But but I think the more you can just surround yourself with people who build you up, the more you can feel good about yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, um, to, I think to build on that, I think even when we started brainstorming this project, we had, I don't, I don't know, maybe four or five meetings that just turned into mostly therapy <laughs> where we're sitting around Yeah, the that table. was phase one just of this project. Kind of, just kind of, uh, it's kind of continued and, that way too a little bit. <laughs> totally. Bonding and maybe, maybe a little bit complaining yeah. about our experiences and finding that the other people in the room had similar experiences. And that was, mm -hmm. for me at least, hugely a confidence boosting or just um, that camaraderie feeling that you get surrounding yourself with, like you say, the people who are good in your life. So if you have heard these phrases, definitely know that almost everyone I've ever met turns out has too. And it's actually pretty normal, but it is not acceptable and you are not those things. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And having those people you can 
talk to about For it or sure. say it because sometimes I feel you don't feel comfortable with people to be yeah, like, totally. oh, do you feel this way? Or like to just be. Yeah. And you yeah. might not feel comfortable addressing that person who said it to you either. And that's okay too. You don't have to, you know, say, excuse me, that's bullshit. I'm sorry. Can I say shit? Yeah, you can. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's bull, whatever. Um, I'm not those things, but you don't have to correct that person in order for it to be, you know, for you to make an impact. Just talk about it with someone you trust. Mm-hmm. Right. And how would you say social media plays a role in this whole thing with, like, yeah. women and how people are talking to each other? I know it wasn't all on the question list. I'm just yeah, throwing that out that. there. But I feel well, like, I feel like social media is just, like, this extra layer. When it comes to sexism, maybe more broadly, but there's mm-hmm. expectations. is a huge mm-hmm. part of sexism, like, how you think you're being perceived. And if you're being perceived as, like, a chill girl or a pretty girl or whatever it is you're aiming to be – Suddenly there's this layer, like you have a platform on social media where you're trying to, Yeah, it's not just like your day-to-day life, it's you also have this, because every, every day you're conscious of how you're coming off. But then you're on social media and you're trying to project mm-hmm. who you want to be, and there's all these societal expectations of who you should be. And so I think that's something that's been interesting as we've been talking mm-hmm. about like where people have cut us down, it might be different for all of us. I know I'm always trying to be a chill girl, which I'm not, and but it's, I'm very dramatic, but I always want to be like a cool girl. And so it's like, oh, how can I make sure that's how I come off on social media? Mm-hmm. And it's weird. Mm-hmm. It's just this other layer of trying to live up to societal expectations. Totally. I'm exactly the same. I'm like, yeah. how do I seem cooler than I really am on social <laughs> yeah. media? Just from like what people say, you want people to be like, oh yeah, like I could like, cause mm-hmm. people are like, oh, just like be a guy's girl or whatever. Yeah. And you're yeah. like, what is, what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> Which is probably yeah. what we're think, targeting here. Yeah. Is. Well, for, yeah, for yeah. me, it's in response to, I do a lot of hiking and stuff and people always say, well, it's great that you've got into hiking so you can hike with your boyfriend. And I'm like, right. I'm not hiking because my boyfriend hikes. Like, I want to. And so I'm, like, trying to prove something. Right. Like, Which no, you I'm a chill girl. Have to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, most, mostly my experience has been exactly the same, where it's sort of this extra layer of pressure maybe. Um, but I continue to do it, which is interesting. Anyway, I think that, mm-hmm. that there's also, though, um, a lot of opportunity for kind of camaraderie, again, on social media. If you, if you mm-hmm. look for it or if you do mm-hmm. it well, you can find a community of women who are all trying to do the same thing. Um, mm-hmm. and maybe talk about why we're all trying to do that and talk about the, the funny failures of that and what that says about us and mm-hmm. the time we live in. I think we live in a really lucky time that way. We can yeah. like communicate with people halfway around the world. Yeah, I was going to say the other side of it is with social media now, it's also an avenue to kind of shift the conversation and make it more positive. People mm-hmm. are going there to stand up for all these negative mm-hmm. things that are being said. And I think that that's, that's the other way to look at it too. Like use it as an avenue to kind of inspire change and like address, like we know these negative conversations are happening here, but let's do something about that and flip it. Totally. Totally. I know I often, I sometimes feel afraid when it comes to National Women's Day and I know I'm going to make a post declaring I'm a feminist and I'm always like, how are people going to react? Because so many people see it as a dirty word. It's the the F word. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then Um, people like comment nice things and like, oh, okay. So yeah, sometimes it's not all bad. Social media can be a good place. And with social media or is it part of your strategy for choice words and to grow it in awareness? Yeah, I would love to, to see more people using the hashtag. And I think that right now for our launch, we're so focused on getting the products and the site and all that. Mm -hmm. And as we continue to grow the campaign, I think that's something that we'll certainly focus on. Like, how can we 
make th- make this a part of a conversation on social media, not just a, a one-time thing. On because like, Women's as Day. we discuss internally, that is where a lot of these conversations are happening yeah. on yeah. social. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be, uh, I mean, even if it is a hashtag that goes with a specific sort of fashion brand, that's still, that's still something. You're still sort of spreading that. Someone might read what's on the shirt. <laughs> you know, that's enough. Mm-hmm. But if it led to something deeper, bigger, different, that would be great. Mm-hmm. And what's the overall plan for choice words, like the future plan for it? So we definitely want to expand, I think, our product list. There are, so we, it's right now, it's just, it's a made to order system that we have. So it's actually pretty um, nimble in terms of adding products to the list. And like we mentioned before, we've been seeing a lot of success with the kids stuff. So we actually, before we only had babies and toddlers. So we just added, I think like last week or this week? This week. Yeah, this yeah. week. Um, some kids t-shirts too. So we want to continue to see where we're finding success and what we can keep adding so that it's um, meeting what people are looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think as long mm-hmm. as we have resources to keep it up. Um, and it's not, it doesn't take that much to keep it up because we, well, no, the strategists talk about the intelligent way that we set it up, <laughs> uh, which was basically made to order, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that way, that way we don't need inventory yeah. and yeah. it's easy for us to add new products and ship anywhere in the world and it helps keep that simple. Mm-hmm. So I think we'll just, yeah, keep adding products and also start focusing more on awareness. So we're really happy to be on this podcast because this is a good yeah. step in the right direction yeah. in terms of our awareness piece. Yeah, I think I, the other part of our goal is to just continue to see it grow and expand and see more people outside of our office and our company starting to buy the, the clothing. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that's always, it's always, it's like you start a little company, you're like, hey, well, someone besides my mom bought yeah. it. So it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Step in the right direction. And it's like the most exciting thing ever. <laughs> totally. Oh, it's my aunt. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. No, that's awesome. And uh, we'll move away a little bit from the business. So it is because it's focused on women and feminism stuff. Do you want to talk about who your role model is in your life? I know there's a couple people yeah. everyone can share their answer. I know, it's such a big question. <laughs> that's a, yeah, it's a tough one. I can go first because mine is easy. <laughs> also, and it's dumb, but whatever. It's Shania Twain. Like, I'm obsessed oh with Shania Twain. <laughs> and whenever I'm scared, I always sing, man, I feel like a woman in my head. Because it makes me feel like she feels like such a strong, powerful woman in that song where she's proud of being a woman and doing whatever the heck she wants to do. So that's what I will sing in my head when I'm on the ski hill and I'm going down a double black and I'm scared. That's what I'm singing. So, yeah, I love Shania. She makes me feel like a strong woman. I think that's the greatest answer I've ever heard. (laughs) (laughs) You shouldn't have gone first. Uh, How do I follow Shania? Um, uh, Super respect to Shania. Agreed. (laughs) Who doesn't? Mm -hmm. Um, I don't have have a person I want to pick because it's such a hard question. But I think that any woman, because we're talking about women, um, love lots of men too. I think men are great. But any woman who kind of breaks the norm, does her own thing and uh, and does it in the face of adversity or, or sort of just breaks expectation is pretty fucking badass. Sorry, I said the effort on your show now. <laughs> Monica, sorry. Um, so but, passionate. Uh, I'm going to do that thing where I say it's my mom. It's my mom because my mom always sort of did those things. And I mean, she got married when I was nine. She never changed her name. She always had her own career, her own stuff going on and whatever. And she always told me to just go out there and get what I deserve, which is I don't think advice everybody gets, and I'm yeah. super lucky to get it. So. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. I would say 
So I I remember on International Women's Day internally here, we we kind of did this thing where we asked everybody who inspires you as a woman. And I said Serena Williams and my mom. And that's because <laughs> I Serena Williams inspires me just because of everything that she's gone through and how she's taken such a passionate stance on standing up on women in sport. And that's something I can get behind. And I'm like, yes, like somebody needs to to put themselves out there and, and put themselves at risk and their whole career at risk to stand up for what's right. So I think that's why I chose her. And then also my mom, because I think she's pretty badass and has also worked really hard and continues to work really hard, even though she's retired. And it's something that is really inspiring to me because when Thursday is where I'm like, oh man, I just I can't do it. Like that millennial burnout, that whole conversation. I'm just like, look at what she does. Like, I need to be more like this. So I'd say definitely those two. Yeah, I honestly can't, don't have one. Because I think to Monica's point, there's so many badass women out there who just like own being a woman and stand up for other women, and which I think is amazing. Because uh, there are women who also just cut each other down, which I think is kind of sad. So yeah, I don't really have one. Except for my mom, but yeah. I, don't want, I don't want to be the repeater of this. So we all have I'm awesome glad we all have great moms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's like, it's nice to like look up to someone who's in your life, your whole entire life mm-hmm. uh, and can like give you a worded advice when you like always need it. And yeah. But yeah, that's, that's all I have. <laughs> yeah. No, I think like going back to social media now, you can follow so many women and like mm-hmm. follow Serena Williams, follow Shania Twain if you want. <laughs> I do, it's great. You can have a whole collective where oh, like yeah. everyone you she's see. badass too. Yeah. yeah. There's so many out there that now you can like have, like you have your mom in like real life, but you can have all these other people mm-hmm. yeah. that yeah, you so true. can have in your group. Totally. And it's like nice. Life. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. nice to like connect and see those women do their thing. And it's like, it kind of creates like this, like a network or like a tight knit group of women who like all follow each other and like can support each other even though we like actually don't know each other if that yeah. makes sense mm-hmm. totally so, yeah it's nice um and going off of that what would you say is some of the best advice you've ever received mm-hmm. all right i'll start us off here um <laughs> so another tough question to to answer because we hear something and then you just forget it but something that actually resonated with me recently is Um, my roommate, who's also my best friend, she recently said to me at a time when I wasn't feeling that confident and that empowered and that happy, she said, you, I, you need to be the empowered woman that you want all of us to be, because I'm always going around saying to my friends, like you do what's best for you, stand up for yourself, go after the best job that you want. Like you do what you deserve. And then in this moment, I wasn't necessarily living and breathing that. So to hear her say that, I was like, wow, like, you're right. Like, I do need to take my own advice for once. (laughs) So I think that would be the best piece of advice that I've heard. That's pretty good. Mm -hmm. That is. Mm -hmm. Any advice to share? Oh, man. You come come back. (laughs) I've had more time to think about this question. (laughs) Um, It's a tough question. Um, but recently, um, unfortunately this came in a, the format of a sports metaphor. So I was kind of lost for a while, but then I figured it out. Someone said to me, um, that you shouldn't be essentially the best player on the team, that you should aim to be on a team where you're one of the worst players so that you're constantly surrounded by people who are better than you and who you are jealous of and who inspire you because that's how you get better. I thought that was pretty solid advice. Um, and kind of counterintuitive because you feel like you should be the best player on the team, but you shouldn't. 
Yeah. Well, I love the line that you're the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. (laughs) I think Mm -hmm. that's so true. And like, it's, Mm -hmm. if you're spending time Mm -hmm. with someone who's cutting you down or, or not inspiring you, then it might be time to spend more time with someone who does build you up because they're inspiring you and they're Mm -hmm. so smart and you want to be just as cool as them and all these good things. I think that's really good advice. Mm -hmm. I like that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, we're back to me. Yeah, only if you want. No, I can go. I actually, uh, you kind of reminded me, Monica, of mm-hmm. an advice that somebody told me, which is kind of like a, um, it's so weird because it's like a server advice. But at my first job, um, my manager at the time told me that the best server is the service that can they, they know when to ask for help. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. I've like, I think I've like come back to it all the time. But it also resonated to me because it's like a good advice to yeah. like resonate in your life totally. and it's like asking like when you're feeling down or whatever you can always ask somebody else for help and like not be ashamed of that which I think is also important like talking about kind of feeling down or having a support group it's like mm-hmm. you can always ask for it if you need it um this might end up going on a rant or a tangent but I actually have a real life <laughs> example relevant to this project that aligns with what Dasha just said. So yeah. when we were in the midst of bringing this project to life and right before International Women's Day, it was craziness. And um, a lot of our team wasn't all around at the time. And I remember I felt like so stressed out and I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Like I need my teammates here. And I was like, I can't ask for help though. Like I have to do this myself. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up like venting to Dasha here and I and telling her like, this is what's going on. And she came through like an all-star and has been, super helpful ever since so to her piece of advice exactly like we wouldn't be here being sane like we are today if it wasn't for (laughs) reaching out and asking the people around me for help yeah bringing more people onto the team as it starts (laughs) to grow and grow and grow yeah yeah but asking for help is not a not a weakness it is a strength yeah that's something I was going to say it's often perceived as weakness which was the mentality I was having and like, no, that's a really bad mindset to have. <laughs> yeah. So to everyone out there, ask for help. You don't have to be a hero. Yeah. 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 When most people want to help, that's the thing. It's like, yeah. if someone if you yeah, someone exactly. asks you for help, like, you're going to help them. Like, you're not going to be like, oh, I'm too busy for you. So exactly. you do just, if you just ask, people are nice. So. Mm-hmm. So true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so this is actually, it's interesting because usually the people I have on this podcast are all like just entrepreneurs and they all, so this it's about work-life balance, but since mm-hmm. you guys all have full-time jobs, which I think is very relatable to mm-hmm. more people, mm-hmm. and you have a side project, so how do you balance a work-life balance with a full-time job and a side hustle? <laughs> it's definitely a challenge, and I think the advice to ask for help has been really key, mm-hmm. because I think for a long mm-hmm. time we were just grinding away as a small group. And that was a lot of late nights and not to say that it didn't continue to be when we brought more people on, but it helped. Mm -hmm. And so I think that was a big part of it is not being afraid to ask more people to come on the team and help uh, to make it a bit more feasible, but also more fun because Mm -hmm. it feels no fun when it's midnight and you're working by yourself. Mm-hmm. But if you're working with someone else and you have a glass of wine, it's yeah. not so bad. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I think we're really lucky, yeah, to to sort of having this project in particular to do it with people that you know, I really like. All of you guys, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> love you, ladies. It's sort of it feels like almost not work, um, which makes your work life balance feel a little more achievable. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes you do have to make like schedule time. At least I have to schedule time off for myself, mm-hmm. but not very often. Usually, it just ends up. Even if I'm working late or working early or working odd hours, it ends up 
balancing itself out if you're surrounded with the right kind of people and the right kind of projects. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, if you give yourself, I know for me, I'd rather work all night, all during the week, so long as I have my weekends free. You know, it's like you give yourself, Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. this is my time. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd rather that than have to work like a little bit every day and then never feel like I had a day without Mm -hmm. just a full day of me. Mm-hmm. That's totally. true. I think yeah. something else that's worth calling out is the the leadership at our company here has also been really supportive of us working yes. on this, mm-hmm. and they yeah. were behind us and believe in this whole message and initiative 100%. So that also helped mm-hmm. a lot, and too. took time out of their day to actually give us feedback along the way and to look mm-hmm. at our design as it was going, and just, yeah, that was really, yeah. that was really cool. Yeah. Well, that's helpful because you're not, like, hiding it or like doing it like you're not like i'll just pull this up when someone walks by but then when they leave i'll just like work on it so it's yeah yeah. at least you can work on it like in the open yeah (laughs) it was great how supportive they were for sure Mm -hmm. and then we also like always had like meetings throughout the week like during work hours to kind of like get some stuff together when we're all here yeah Yeah. exactly yeah that's true so you don't have to like coordinate like school project situations (laughs) yeah Yeah. when can you all meet where should we meet yeah yeah exactly um and Going off of that, how do you disconnect and recharge? So when you are taking your, like, me time or self-care or whatever, it's all called now. Yeah. What's your, like, go-to thing? I think we have opposite answers. Though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, we live in Calgary. We're so lucky to have the mountains nearby, and that's always my go-to. I feel like when I'm in nature, whether it's, like, skiing, hiking, canoeing, whatever it is, it's, like, impossible to think about whatever stressing me out, even if it's personal, if it's work. It's just all of that just goes away when you're trying really hard to get from point A to point B. If it's like up a mountain or through the rapids, whatever, that's where all of your energy is focused. Right. So that's how I refresh. Yeah. And if there's no service, that also helps. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I also appreciate the mountains. I like to look at them out the window <laughs> while I drink wine on my couch. <laughs> um, no, uh, yeah, I don't know. I like to, I'm not, this is like such a basic girl answer, but I like to take a bath and have a glass of wine and maybe just watch something dumb and call a friend and just do very little, as little as possible <laughs> for uh, a good hour. That's that's recharge time for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm personally a really big cyclist, so I usually go for like a long bike ride. And it's nice, nice because Calgary has the most connected bike paths mm. in North America. Yeah, that's In case awesome. you didn't know, you can do a 60K just around the city. Wow. Wow. I didn't know yeah, that. It actually goes pre- <laughs> it actually goes pretty far. You can do oh. like... And 60, like, we're talking, like, that's small compared to, like, what you actually can do. You can do, like, 100 and something if you really, really want to do. I'm going to go ahead and start with 60. That sounds, <laughs> that sounds really cool. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's yeah, it's super neat. And it, like, takes you, like, all around the city, which is nice. So you can, mm-hmm. like, see the parts that you normally, like, wouldn't see. Like, it goes, like, Fish Creek South and, like, wow. loops you around. Awesome. goes out down to Mills Hill. Up to Mills Hill, I guess. Do you need, like, a mm-hmm. map? Or do you just, like, ride until... You... It, it's, like, all just, like, bike paths. So, it's like, you actually don't need a map because they just, like... Keep I'm, going. <laughs> yeah, they'll connect. Huh. So, it's really cool. Well, I would say I'm not going to choose biking to <laughs> relax and unwind. But I do get your point about being out in nature and how you're just disconnected from, like, the city life and work back home. So, I do get that, although I don't... That's not my go-to. My go-to <laughs> would be more, to Monica's point, around just relaxing on the couch, watching something on Netflix, and just, like, napping. Mm-hmm. Like, that is, that is the literal napping. Yeah. Just, like, <laughs> falling asleep. Like, yeah, literally yeah. recharging. Yeah. I like it. Best way to turn your brain off is to just <laughs> yeah, go to sleep. Literally turn it off. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, and a couple more questions. Is there a book or podcast that you would recommend to listeners? So my favorite as a marketing nerd is, of course, Malcolm Gladwell. But I really, so his podcast is called Revisionist History. But, and it's, and it's not all about marketing, which like a lot of his books are. But he takes moments in history that either no one actually noticed or talked about or that were just wildly misinterpreted at the time because it was so far in the past and our perspectives are so different now. Um, but it's really interesting because he's talking about mostly things that I had never, ever heard of mm-hmm. and the actual gravity of what happened. And so I find it he just always has such a unique perspective and so wise. So that's my favorite. And he often touches on, like, feminism because so often women or not just women, but, like, minority uh, races were overlooked in the past. So there's a lot of love. White men that did everything. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) there's a lot of stories about not white men. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they've had a lot of voice. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I, to answer the book question, I think as long as you're reading books, you're doing an awesome job. Um, I know a lot of people who don't have time to read books, or they think they don't. You probably do read books. It's super good for your soul. But, um, if you want to get really nerdy about it and really into like the sort of history of feminism, you should, you could read like Second Sex or something like that. And it's worth reading for sure. But there's a book called We Should All Be Feminists, um, by a Nigerian author whose name I can't pronounce, but <laughs> it's fantastic. It's super small. You should all read it and I'll be feminists. <laughs> But podcasts, do you have more podcast suggestions? I think that other, the one I would add is it's called Hidden Brain, and it's a little bit nerdy, but it touches on, like, random topics economically, socially, um, culturally that kind of take a deep dive into these things that you never really would have considered, and they're pretty short and easy to listen to. So I'd say that's one I'd recommend. Awesome. Yeah. I listen to a lot of murder podcasts. Oh, yeah. so, <laughs> I'm not the one to ask. <laughs> No, that's good. We all have murder really nerdy podcasts. answers. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you're yeah. here. Yeah. What's your favorite murder podcast? Oh, Just in case someone's man. looking for a non-academic <laughs> Just to listen to some creepy, yeah. Um, there's a really one, good one called Case File. It's uh, narrated by an Australian gentleman who is very good at storytelling. Mm, it, like, sucks you in. Every episode is, like, a different case that he, like, talks about that happened either, like, back like centuries ago or in the 90s and he kind of like jumps all over the place but he usually does like a lot of like really famous like east area rapists and all that stuff and then the latest one that i've listened to that just blows my mind is um it's called uncut cbc uncovered escaping mm-hmm. nexium and if you follow the story of that uh nexium cult yeah. it's a sex cult it's very interesting <laughs> And it's actually unfolding right now. There's, like, trials happening. This oh, cool. Well, there's that girl, that actress from Smallville that was in Alice Mack. Profile. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And she pleaded guilty. Fun fact. She pleaded guilty to the charges. Interesting. I'll just get my updates from you. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I got, like, I literally crushed in, like, two days. Nice. I was so sucked in. I couldn't stop. Fair. Yeah. I don't think I can listen to murder podcasts, but maybe the maybe cults. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that was that I was think really I get way too terrified, like yeah, driving in your car by yourself at night. You're like, wow. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. I only listen to them during the day, like at work. Yeah, but some of them are so casual. I've listened to my favorite murder. Have you guys listened to that one? No. no they like are the so jolly about it. Like, you guys, I found a good one, and then and they get so actually like excited. It's kind of morbid. That's oh my great. Gosh. But it's really weird because it's a murder podcast but it's not scary right. or I don't know 
We make very light awesome. of it. Not sure how I feel about it, but we'll if you want to listen to one at night and not <laughs> Um, And where can people connect with you and Choice Words and where can they find the product and where can they find more information? So the website, website. Yeah, <laughs> the website is choicewords.shop. And that is the hub. It's all the products where you can contact us, all that good stuff. And because you can buy, that's where you buy all the stuff as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you for sharing. It's an awesome project. So I'm glad to help spread the word. Yeah. Oh, we appreciate you yeah. helping us out. Yeah. Thank you.